you know, having a great day and it's you know, Sunday and it was beautiful weather out and the radio was a little bit co- more quiet than normal, but I didn't think much of it. It's very uncommon for them to say, land immediately this field and call the tower. You violated presidential airspace. And just as he said that, an F-16 comes screaming by my windscreen, doing, you know, whatever, 200 knots, as slow as he can go, to, um, to escort me down if I didn't hear that radio call. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined once again by Doug Crow. He previously featured on episodes 131 and 213 of Broken Bulbs. Doug's won the Dale Carnegie Highest Achievement Award, traveled to 42 countries and all seven continents, including Antarctica. He's a pilot, scuba diver, father of three, and to top it all off, he's authored several number one bestsellers and hosted numerous radio shows in Chicago. But he also found himself flying through presidential airspace illegally. That's coming up after the break. Real quick before we get into today's show, I wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether that's leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend or family member, or going and supporting me directly on Patreon. That's a huge help. It takes a lot of money, time, and energy to make this show happen. So you can go to patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Remember, Williams is W-I-L-L-I-A-M-N-S. That's patreon.com slash alexwilliams. Or just click the first link in the show notes and it'll take you right there. Enjoy the show. Doug Crow, ready to talk about yet another one of your broken bulbs? Yes, I am. Okay, so we're going to talk about, uh, okay, this is actually crazy. You were flying in presidential airspace. I don't know what more to say about that other than that's <laughs> insane. How, how did you get there? Well, I'd love to say I was an F-16 driver for the Air Force and I was escorting the president, but that's not what happened. Unfortunately, it was the exact opposite of that. <laughs> you know how people post on Facebook, what's one thing you can say that no one else has done? And normally I don't go on social media, but occasionally when I'm on there and I see that, I always go, okay, this is kind of fun. So I say, I'm probably the only person who's been interviewed by the Secret Service, FBI, and the FAA all within an hour. (laughs) Because when you're a a general aviation pilot, right? I fly a little airplane, a little propeller, and, you know, I was flying around Wisconsin for some fun with friends, had lunch. We flew over, and I knew the president was in Milwaukee that day. But we were miles away from him, so there's no – there was no threat to him or us. It was like, okay, fine, we're fine, fine. But my friend wanted to go to the skydiving place, which also was over 20 miles away from the president. It's like, we're plenty far away, far away. Don't, no, no hurry. But we flew under VFR rules, which means I'm not really have filed the flight plan. I'm just flying by the visual rules of the sky, which you're allowed to do. And I'm flying along and the, uh, you know, having a great day and it's, you know, Sunday and it was beautiful weather out and the radio was a little bit co- more quiet than normal, but I didn't think much of it. And normally when you talk to the controllers on the, on the radio, you introduce yourself, tell them who you are, and you tell them your intentions, where you want to go, and they give you approval or denial or factor you around. It's very uncommon for them to say, um, hello, you've just <laughs> we're contacting you out of the blue. I'm like, uh, 6 Air Hotel Romeo, um, turn right heading um, you know, one, 180, land immediately to this field and call the tower. You violated presidential airspace. And just as he said that, an F-16 comes screaming by my windscreen, 
doing, you know, whatever, 200 knots as slow as he can go to, um, to escort me down if I didn't hear that radio call, which fortunately my radios were on. And so I heard him say that there have been cases where guys don't have their, they're flying some old antique plane, no radio. And F-16 comes up and wags your wings saying, you got to land. I'm like, oh, so I heard the call, saw the plane, my heart sunk. And I'm like, oh my God, my dad was an air force pilot. My brother's a pilot. I'm a pilot. I don't want to lose my license. I was, I was, I was shaking. I'm like, oh my God, I really screwed up here. And I'm, you know, worried about landing the plane now. I'm like, you know, the landing went smoothly, um, thank goodness. But I land at this airport, and it's a medium-sized airport in Wisconsin, and there's nobody there because <laughs> presence in town, and no one's flying except except this dunderhead. So I land, turn the engine off, and a guy comes out with his phone saying, I think this is for you. I'm like, yeah, I know. And uh, I talked to the guy, and they said, yeah, what's your name, social security number, where are you going, you know, address, everything. And I called the Secret Service, FBI, FAA. And uh, I don't know what happened, right? So I go back, and like, I, the presence was in Milwaukee. I'm plenty far away. And I find out later that day or later that week, I forget which, that the president moved. He didn't stay in Milwaukee. He went somewhere else, which moved his, what they call a TFR, a temporary flight restriction. That, that circle around him moves where he goes. And it moved into where I was flying. And I did not know it. So at that point, you're like, okay, you got to go to a hearing with the FAA where, historically speaking, every single pilot, this has happened more than a few times, who's violated presidential airspace loses their license, at least suspended for a while. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do here? And so I go to the FAA examiner. We sit down and talk. I pull up my paperwork. Here's the flight plan that I didn't file, but I knew where the president was. I'm getting nervous just talking about this. And I'm sitting there at his desk talking to him. And he asked a question, okay, so who's responsible for this, Mr. Crow? And I said, I was. He said, excuse me? I said, I'm 100% responsible. There's a thing in aviation called pilot in command, the PIC. And the pilot is responsible for everything, the flight, the plane. Even if a mechanic screws up and does something bad to your engine, your PIC is your responsibility to check that before you depart. So even though the president moved, nobody bothered to call me, right? I said, I'm completely responsible. And he asked, asked two times because he was a little surprised. He said, you know, I've been doing this for a while. You're the first pilot in history that I know of that's taken full responsibility for a TFR incursion. No suspension. I'm like, thank you, sir. And I left. And uh, yeah, it goes, it goes back to integrity. Even when, you know, something serious like losing your license is on the, on the table. I'm like, no, I was, I was responsible. And because of that, I didn't lose my license. There's no black mark on my ticket. My insurance rate didn't go sky high and I can still fly. Wow. I mean, what a valuable lesson. We, we've, had, we've had a couple stories like that on the podcast where, hey, every, everything went wrong, but then you show up and you kind of, you know, kind of with your tail between your legs, maybe just say, yep, that, that was me. That was me. I understand that was my responsibility. And you, you accept that. And, and people are generally, I've found almost always, very accepting and accommodating because of that, you know, respect. It, it's, it's amazing. I had a, a vendor who's helped my company out for uh, almost like a year and a half. And he had a couple of things that didn't go right. And I'm paying him monthly for the service. And a couple of things didn't go right. And I said, I brought it up to him. He says, you're right. We didn't do that. No charge fee this month. So 
when somebody like that says, nope, you're right, guess what? Ex-military guy, right? And it's like honor, integrity, it's, it's in their DNA. And when they're wrong, they're wrong. Yeah, saying when you're wrong is one thing. And people always say, oh, I would have said that. Yeah, I don't think I always did that in my life, right? I'm sure, and I'm sure I've cheated on a few tests or, or skinned the corners on something in my life. I know I have. We all have to some degree. But when it's a, a, big, a big risk like this, I knew the right thing was to, to be honest and say, yeah, it was, it was I might mess up. And I, I was willing to take the suspension, whether it be a year or whatever on my, on my ticket, um, but it didn't happen because uh, I guess I was the first guy in his history that ever just fessed up. Most of the guys, oh, yeah, well, the president moved. Uh, there was a, you know, a switch, a bulb went out my plane. <laughs> they had a lot of excuses. And I hate, I hate excuses. I'm like, no, I just take responsibility. It doesn't matter. And in the, in the flying world, PIC means exactly that, pilot in command. So you've got to take responsibility for that, even if it's a mechanical failure or if the president moves and doesn't tell you. Shame on him for not telling you where he's moving, right? <laughs> of course, at the end of every episode, I like to hear what's working for you now because you're not currently in presidential airspace. You've moved on from that. You're doing other great things. So why don't you fill us in? What are you doing and where can we go to find you? Yeah, we, we create books for people. Um, our company is a ghostwriting publishing marketing firm that helps anybody with a message and a passion for their topic, uh, put them in print, make them bestseller, and uh, make a difference in the world. So um, what I found out over the years, though, is a lot of people don't, they're not really super clear on their message or if a book is right or not for them. So I've got a complimentary assessment where we can actually walk through what they're thinking, how it might work in a book, and what marketing tactics would be best, best for them. So this assessment's complimentary. There's no sales at all because we can't really sell anything we don't even know yet. Um, but they can go to go.realbestseller.com and take the assessment right there and then hop on a call with me and we'll we'll go through it. I love it. I'm going to put links to that down in the show notes so people can check that out. I think it's a really valuable resource that I think the listeners and guests that we have on Broken Bulbs will really benefit from. So make sure you check that out and the rest of the work that Doug does. And with that, Doug, I just want to say thank you once again for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. Take responsibility for your actions. This is the best way to learn and grow and make amends. Special thank you to Doug for joining me and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out his work, which I've linked down in the show notes, including his special offer. He also previously featured on episodes 131 and 213. If you liked him here, I'm sure you'll like him there too. And if you want to offer your support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit patreon.com slash alexwilliams or just use the first link in the show notes. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me from wherever I happen to be to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio. We are, of course, a proud member of the Create Fine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.